Good morning again. It's good to see you in church today. A number of years ago, I was fortunate enough to be in the States, and I was in Orlando uh, for a week with a friend of mine who was a Presbyterian minister. He's originally from South Wales, and uh, he'd gone into ministry, and he's now ministering in Orlando, in Florida. And he was in, in a very large Presbyterian church right in the middle of Orlando. This isn't Disney part of Orlando. This is downtown, I think they call it, Orlando. And he was one of seven ministers. And I was on a sabbatical, and I thought, well, I'll come and see you. Hey, I haven't seen you for years. I'll come and see you and get behind the scenes of your church to see how a large church operates, and if there's anything that can kind of translate down to a UK smaller size church. And so I spent some time with uh, my mate Sam, and we were, he showed me the sites, but also I went into different meetings with him in the church, and, and it was a great, great week. And on the Sunday, he said, okay, right, t- so Saturday night, he said, right, tomorrow, we've got to get up at about half past four, because we're going to go to church, and we're going to feed the homeless breakfast. We do that every single Sunday. And you may not know it, but in Orlando, right in the centre of Orlando, there's a huge problem with homelessness. And so every Sunday, they have three, 400 homeless people come into the church. They have to hear uh, a sermon first, <laughs> and then they get breakfast. And uh, so that's what we did. We, we, we sat there with sort of three, 400 other people, and the, the senior pastor gives this sermon, and, and then we feed these hundreds of people breakfast. And I have to say that from these homeless people, that the welcome that I received as a Brit was wonderful. And it's absolutely amazing. So that all finished at about, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning. And so we go to my mate's office. He goes, right, can you do something for me? I want you now to, when this, just before the service starts, I want you to leave here and, and just act as if you don't know who I am. And he said, just go and have coffee in their quad. It was a massive building. So in their quad, in the sunshine, they serve coffee. Go into the first service, which was a more traditional service and then uh, have some more coffee, then go into the contemporary service, have coffee and donuts. Because everybody in the church says, all the staff say, our welcome is second to none. It's brilliant. Now, you will stand out, he said, like a sore thumb. I was wearing cut-off sort of trousers. He said, in the States, men do not wear cut-off trousers. It's shorts or trousers. We call what you're wearing man capris. And so he said, you will stand out like a sore thumb and people will know that you're not American and they'll guess that you're from the UK. I said, brilliant, okay. So I walk I down with my man capris on and, and my shirt and, and I walked in. So in the quad, they're serving this coffee. Lots of people milling around and I go to get a coffee and the woman who is serving coffee does not stop her conversation with her friend next to her. She didn't acknowledge me in any way, shape, or form other than to hand me the coffee while not looking at me. I then went into the service, and uh, the only time that somebody spoke to me was to say, here's a hymn book. I then went to the second service, and they had these tall sort of um, like bar tables where they had loads of coffee and donuts. I thought, wonderful, I'm here now. So I, I went right in the middle there's hundreds of people around, right in the middle where they were serving coffee and donuts. I stood out like a sore thumb in my man caprice. Not one person spoke to me. I went and sat down, and I thought, I'm not going to sit on there, I'm going to go right in the middle, and I sat in the middle. The only conversation I had with somebody was when they said, is that seat next to me taken? To which I said no, to which they moved three along and sat there. <laughs> 
in the service, the senior pastor came in and he said, just so you know, there is a spy amongst us. He will stick out like a sore thumb. He's a friend of Sam's from the UK. And we all know we've got a wonderful welcome in this church. So when you see this guy that doesn't look like he's an American, he didn't say because he's wearing man capris, but because he is, please show him a great Orlando welcome from First Presbyterian Church, Orlando. Not one person spoke to me. We went back to Sam's office at the end of the the, the long morning, uh, and he said, what was the welcome like? I said, how do I say this nicely? It was pants. It was absolutely shocking. Not one person spoke to me. He said, that's what I thought might happen. He said, because everybody thinks the welcome here is so friendly, so amazing, and we welcome the stranger. He said, but I don't think we do. And he, I wrote a bit of a paper for them, and they used it to try and uh, work and teach their, their, their staff and their leadership, and then moving out to the rest of the church. We are in uh, halfway through our series on a Sunday of welcome of what actual welcome looks like, that it's far more than shaking hands on a door. I've been in many situations like that. I've been in Christian leadership conferences, all ministers together, and I've sat down on a chair, and somebody has sat to my left, and somebody has sat to my right, and then they've started talking to the person to their right, they've started talking to the person to their left, and I'm sat there like Billy No Mates on my own, wishing somebody would phone or text me or something. It is so important that we look up and we welcome each other. Maybe you've had experiences like that. Maybe you've walked into a group and you felt all alone. Maybe you've had that experience of on holidays and you've walked into a village pub and everyone turns to look at you and no one says hello. And you think, oh, have I walked into a private meeting? No? Okay. And you feel very, very awkward. Maybe you've walked into church and felt all alone. Maybe you've walked into this church and you have felt all alone. And while those experiences are bad at the time, we can use those experiences and how we have felt to help shape what it looks like so that we don't allow that to happen to others. to truly welcome them. We do that as individuals, we do that as a church. You know, the best people to shape what a true welcome looks like are those who have felt unwelcome in the first place. And this morning's sermon is titled, The Church Opens Wide Her Doors. Ever been trying to get through a door? It's a double door, but only one door is open in your studio and loads of traffic is coming this way and you just can't get through and you just think if somebody would just open unlock the other door wide open doors it'd be a lot easier to get in and out it would feel so much better and this is what we're talking about this morning with the church flinging the doors wide open to make it easy for everyone to get in you see the church should be the place where everyone no matter who feels welcome Being part of church should feel like the arms of the church are wrapped around us and we are held no matter who we are. 
But I think we live with a tension because we struggle with the mess that that brings. You see, when we welcome everyone, no matter what, it brings a messy church. I don't mean craft. Praise God, because I hate it. But, but it brings a messy spirituality. You know, and, and, it, and it does, it causes tension, it causes a mess. Because everybody that we welcome, not everybody is like us. Oh, I know you don't say that out loud, you're too nice for that. But that's the tension we live with. William Temple, who was Archbishop of Canterbury from 1942 to his death in 1944, said the church exists primarily for the sake of those who are still outside. And why we may all know that, we struggle to live it out. What the church opening wide her doors isn't, is it's not the church saying, come in, anything goes. It's not the church coming in, people coming in the church saying, we'll change scripture to accommodate what you think and what you feel. That's not what opening wide our doors is. What the church opening wide her doors is, is welcoming those who think differently to us, those who challenge us, those who don't look like us, those who haven't got uh, a history in church life. And it's living with the tension that at times that causes and the mess that that can cause. Because we are called to welcome everyone. And there's no open brackets apart from these people, close brackets. It is everyone. On Wednesday, the Billericay Peacock was hanging out around the church. And if you don't know who the Billy Ricky Peacock is, which I wasn't sure I did, ask somebody over coffee and they, somebody will tell you. And the front door of the church was open and in walked the Billy Ricky Peacock. <laughs> I had a chat with him. I've signed him up for the next Alpha course that we're going to do. Our response was to somehow get the peacock out of the building as quickly as possible without being bitten or pecked, whatever it is that peacocks do, because I don't know. All because the peacock being in the building seemed wrong. It, it made us feel uneasy. By the way, it went, it went out on its own accord. Friends, if we truly open wide our doors, we will see that people who are different to us walk in. And we need to know that Jesus is okay with that. And so we need to also be okay with that, even though it can make things a bit untidy and challenging. And this morning, I want us to look at two passages from the Bible. The first is Matthew 25, verses 31 to 45. We read, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. 
I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Friends, isn't this what the church opening wide her doors really is? It is welcoming those who don't fit with our understanding of what it means to be Christian. It is welcoming those who don't have the same history with church as we do. It is welcoming those who find who we find challenging. It is welcoming those who are different in their personality types to us. It's welcoming everyone. And when we say everyone, we mean everyone. While preparing this sermon, I came across an article written by an Asian American. And in this article, she said, I have always understood the gospel as being good news for everyone. And that our role as believers and members of the church is to welcome strangers, newcomers and outsiders. How can we do that if all we do is prop open the door and never consider that perhaps what's inside isn't a welcome but more of an unspoken audition? Can the newcomer make her own way? Can he follow along with the order of service or does she already have to know how to pass the peace or guess which version of the Lord's Prayer will be used? Are we merely opening the door? Are we doing everything we can to extend hospitality and welcome? Makes you think, doesn't it? An unspoken audition. Does the church truly open wide her doors to everyone? And the phrase wide open doors commonly refers to hospitality. To welcome someone with wide open doors means uh, to love them in the name of Christ regardless of any circumstance, creed, race, age, ability, understanding of our traditions and ways of doing things. Friends, what are the things and traditions that we do that become barriers to us truly welcoming people in? Now in the last couple of statements we've used the word hospitality. And this is a key word when it comes to the church opening wider doors and welcoming everyone. And it means far more than just a cup of tea and a piece of cake. We need to see that hospitality is closely linked to the word welcome that we had in our Bible passage from Matthew. And in this passage, Jesus talks about welcoming the stranger. And I read this from the uh, English Standard Version because it uses the word welcome. Other translations use the word uh, to invite or the phrase to take you in. Now in the original Greek, the word used to welcome is the word that means to entertain. And this gives us an understanding of what we are to do as we welcome people into the church. For in one sense, we entertain them. If you think of 
Can you imagine welcoming people into your home for a meal? What do you do? You, you entertain them. I don't mean you stand on a stage and you sing them a song. For some of us with our voices, that would make them leave very quickly. But, but we entertain them. You entertain them with a meal and a drink, with some conversation. You focus on them. You might, you might even play a game together. You plan an evening so that when they go home, they'll feel they've had such a wonderful time. You entertained us well. You truly welcomed us into your home. And you made sure you didn't put up any barriers to them, didn't you? So before they came, you asked them if there was any food that they didn't like or couldn't eat. You told them what time to come. You showed them where the toilet was and where they could put their coat. You did all you could to welcome them, to entertain them. You made them feel like they belonged. What is it we often say? Make yourself at home. This is what we mean when we say the church opens wide her doors. Everyone, no matter who they are, is welcomed, is included, and should feel at home. Why is that? Well, the simple answer is that those who are currently the church are no different to those who are new and waiting to be welcomed in. Have you thought that when we say opening wide our doors, that that means there are people coming in who we find challenging, that maybe you are someone who others find challenging, and yet you've been coming here for 50 years. But we say that's okay, because people know who I am. I've been here a long time. But the minute somebody new comes in, who is different to us, who we find challenging, our, our hackles can rise a little bit. How we welcome will depend on how we, who are part of the church, view the church and our place in it. For it's been said, hasn't it, that the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. I wonder which one are we? A hospital for sinners or a museum for saints. It's a powerful statement. It draws to mind a powerful image. It calls to mind people who are all unwell and want to get better. By all unwell, we mean those who, who are, have just arrived at A&E, but we also mean those who have been here for three weeks. All are unwell, but want to get better. It calls to mind people at different stages in their journey to, to better health. No one goes to the hospital for fun, but we go there because that's the place where there are people who can help us get better. To go to hospital means we have to acknowledge that we are unwell in the first place and need help, maybe even humbled by our sickness. And here's the take-home, friends. None of us are fully well. None of us. If you think you are fully well, spiritually speaking, you are, you are fooling yourselves. Completely fooling yourselves. You're deluded even. But the problem is many of us have been part of church life for so long, we have forgotten that we also are unwell and in need of health. We think that that's just for those outside of the church. But the truth is, the church is a hospital for all. Every single one of us whether we've been here for 850 years or whether we've been here for 850 seconds, we are all sick. But the sad truth is that that often the church 
is no longer a hospital for sinners, but it's become a museum for saints. Listen to what Jesus said as we read our second reading, this time from Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 13. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming uh, to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and, and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. He welcomed them. He, he entertained them. But along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? There's venom in their voices. And there's venom in their voices because there's venom in their hearts. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Let me take you back to the phrase I, I said about the church being a hospital. Closely related to that word hospital is that word hospitality. The root word of both of those words is the Latin word hospice, which means one who provides lodging or entertainment for a guest visitor. One who truly welcomes. Friends, the church, for the church to open wide her doors means we are to provide hospitality to everyone, no matter who they are. That means pastoral care, support, advice, safety, helping people get healthy. It means showing unconditional love. It means drawing alongside others, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable. You know, lots of churches have strap lines that simply say things like, come as you are. And they don't mean what you're wearing. They mean what's inside you. Just come as you are. For that is what Jesus invites everyone to. We, we are all invited to come to Jesus as we are, with our hurts, our hang-ups, our struggles, our different ways of understanding and so on. I shared in a sermon a little while ago the phrase, love whoever is in front of you until they ask you why. And this is what we do when we open wide the doors to welcome everyone in. It's a powerful thing to do. And we struggle with it because the church is sometimes at pains to let people know in the world where they're going wrong first. Where they're, what's wrong in their life. And yes, there are times when as the church we need to stand up and, and we need to be different. However, surely we want to be known for how we love everyone as opposed to the stuff that people don't agree with. When I was in my home church, we had a big service. I might have told you this, uh, a baptismal service, and it was full. And as we're, 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 uh, somebody stood up to do the Bible reading, a guy walked in waving a pickaxe handle. Completely uh, high and had taken 60 paracetamols as an overdose. And he started swearing and shouting out, uh, that, come to a church for help. So the guy who was doing the Bible reading was another one of the minister's sons, and uh, he, was, he was in the police force, and he gently closed his Bible, came down, grabbed the guy, threw the pickaxe handle away, and took him out to the fire. As the guy's out there, suddenly comes running down and says, this guy needs Jesus, let's pray for him, let's tell him all that he's doing wrong, and all of this kind of stuff. 
And Julian told her to politely go away. He said, yeah, he does need Jesus, but first of all, he needs an ambulance, otherwise he's going to meet Jesus very soon. And that's what we can do when we welcome people. We're so concerned with their souls. We're so concerned with telling them everything that they're doing wrong, where they've got to change their life from, that we stop loving them. And yet when you see Jesus, he, he, he just loves people. We read in 2 Corinthians when the Apostle Paul was talking about reconciliation to God, he said, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore, all died. And he goes on to say that we who know and love Jesus are Christ's ambassadors. We welcome everyone, friends, because we're compelled by the love of Christ to do so. And so we want to say to people, come as you are, but we find it hard because as they come, we don't like how they're coming here. We want them to come, but without that aspect of their life that we struggle with or we don't agree with. The truth is, we find it far easier to say to people, come as you are and we'll love you once you've got your life sorted. But the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. It's what's going on in this passage from Mark's Gospel where he looks at Matthew, who Luke calls Levi because that was his Hebrew name, and he says to him, come follow me. He doesn't say, get your life in order and then follow me. He says, follow me now as you are. Matthew was a tax collector, and, and you will probably know that they were known for being unkind to the Jewish people. The Jews hated them because they're working for the Romans. The Jews were known as the traitors amongst the Jews. And yet Jesus doesn't lead with that. He simply leads with love, and he welcomes Matthew to join him. He knows who he is, he knows his lifestyle, and he'll deal with that later and in his time. But for now, he simply welcomes him to follow him. And we see that Jesus goes to Matthew's home, where Matthew's friends, who are also other tax collectors and other sinners, friends, that is an in- that's not just happening by chance. That's an intentional act of Jesus. Because he's happy to welcome everyone, no matter who they are and what they do. And yet the Pharisees couldn't handle that. Why? Because they thought they were the righteous people. They thought they were the saved people. They thought they were better. They thought they were more perfect and And people can follow God, providing they fill in and they do these, what was it, 613 different laws. Jesus is is tipping that on its head. He's saying, we're all sick and it's much better to know that than to be deceived like the Pharisees who thought they were better than everyone else. They believed the Messiah would come for them, not for people who they felt were sinners. And this connects to the church. Does the church exist for those who think they have it all together or for those who know they don't? That's right. Those who know they don't have it all sorted. And by being part of a church, you're acknowledging that you don't have it all together and that you're a work in progress. And if you didn't know that you don't have it all together, you're deceiving yourself. We do it, don't we, in church life, on a service. We come and people ask us how we are and very often we say, we're fine, we're fine. What does that mean? Feeling inadequate needs encouragement. Fine. We like to give the impression we we have it all together and maybe even think that we're better than others, but the truth is we most certainly are not. So for all churches, our welcome should be come as you are and we allow Jesus to do the restoration and healing of people's lives. Because the church is a hospital and we all need healing. And we open wide our doors and welcome everyone in. As the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter urges the church to 
offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, without moaning, without whinging. You know, when you read the accounts of Pentecost, the birth of the church, and 3,000 were added to the number, and more were added to the number daily, that would have been lots of people that weren't like that. And yet they welcomed them. They, they flew open wide the doors of the church to welcome everyone in. You know, it brings to mind the parable of the Good Samaritan. All the religious people walk past this guy lying half dead on the side of the road. How many of us would we walk past or would we open our arms? Would we open wide the doors of the church and welcome them in? You know, there's a wonderful verse in Hebrews 13 where the writer says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares comes in the final chapter of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament in writings that are offering practical instructions on how to live in the community of faith, in the church. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Taking us back to the meaning of the word welcome that's linked to hospitality, the original word translated entertain. This verse gives the impression that when as the church we open wide our doors, we are positioning ourselves to welcome angels amongst us. Positioning ourselves to welcome the people that God wants for his local church to lead her forward, to teach her new things, to breathe new life into her. And that reading from Mark, Jesus speaking against our judgmental attitudes and is trying to get us to see that we all need healing. Because here's the truth, friends. When we close the doors on the strangers, we close the door on God. When we close the door on strangers, we close the door on God. So what about you? I hope you're finding this series on welcome challenging, because I am. I hope you're not finding it easy and light. It's hard to truly welcome. What does it look like for you if the church opens wide her doors? It means that when you're here for today, for argument's sake, you look up. You look up and you look around. You notice those who seem to be on their own or are sat in the middle of a chair and people either side of them are talking to others. Maybe you leave the, the comfort of your familiar conversation and Go and say hi to someone who's on their own. If you see someone sat on their own and you're in a larger group, maybe excuse yourself and just go up and ask, is it okay if you sit with them? It means you you don't put up any barriers. You let go of preconceived ideas. You make room for others. Why do we offer this kind of unconditional welcome. Why is the church should we throw open wide our doors? Simple. Because that is what Jesus does for us. Let me read again the welcome I read at the start of the service. Welcome to this service today. Welcome to those who are here for the first time or haven't been coming for very long. Welcome to those who've been here for so long they can't remember why and when they started coming. Welcome to those who for many reasons, are watching online. Welcome to all who are weary and need rest. Welcome to all who mourn and long for comfort. Welcome to all who fail and desire strength. Welcome to all who simply don't feel okay and need to feel that it's okay to feel this way. 
Welcome to all who've had a fantastic week and feel on cloud nine and want to share that in this place. Welcome to those who haven't. Welcome to all who sin and need to know that God forgives them. Welcome to all, for this church opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus himself, who says he is your friend and he is pleased that you're here. May you sense him and allow him to draw alongside you this morning. Welcome. Friends, together as a church, opening wide our doors means we don't just raid this and nod along when we hear it. But together, we intentionally seek to do this in practical ways. And as we do, we welcome. We welcome with the welcome that Jesus gives all of us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that through Jesus we are all, every single one of us, welcomed. Welcomed into relationship with you. Forgive us, Father, when we put up barriers. When we give unrealistic expectations. When somebody walks into this place. It feels like an audition as opposed to a welcome. Father, may we trust you enough to allow you to draw alongside people as we trust you to draw alongside us with our sin, with our hurts and our hang-ups and our struggles. May we just see people as you see them. And love them unconditionally. And in doing that, welcome everyone. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.